Hey, welcome to the Hello Mornings podcast, where our goal is to inspire and equip you to build a grace-filled, life-giving morning routine. My name is Kat Lee, and today I'm talking with Christy Cambron about a Bible study method called verse mapping. Y'all, this is a really fun way to kind of shake up your Bible study routine in the morning. So let's just dive in and talk with Christy Cambron about verse mapping. Hey, Christy, welcome to the Hello Mornings podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm glad you could be on. Now, before we get into what we're going to talk about today, which is verse mapping, which I don't know why that excites me so much. It just sounds so interesting. And I think I'm a researcher at heart. And so I just I'm super excited to talk about that. But first, I want everybody to know a little bit about you and your family. Awesome. Yeah, I love talking about verse mapping. So we can get to that in just a second. For your listeners who don't know me, Hi, I'm Christy. I'm married to Jeremy for 17 years, but we've been best friends for 21 years, going on 22. We have three little boys. They are still young in school, so you can probably imagine our schedule with school and sports and life is a little bit crazy. So that's something that we're working through. But I'm also a vintage-inspired storyteller for Thomas Nelson Publishers. So I write historical fiction. Right now, we are getting ready to send to print my sixth novel, and I'm writing my seventh, and then also have two Bible studies, my first two Bible studies that were published this year with Thomas Nelson on verse mapping, which I cannot wait to talk to. That's awesome. So I did see one of your books is about uh, a violin, and uh, that was very exciting for me because my family is very into orchestra. I have a daughter who plays the viola and a daughter who played the violin. So um, I, I'm like, hmm, that might be a good book for, for uh, my, my little orchestra person to read. I, I have teenagers. How old are your kids? They are 12, 9, and 5. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And I also saw somewhere that you live in Indiana. Is that correct? I do, but we're Southern Indiana. I don't know if you can hear a little twang. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I needed to talk to you about. There's a little, we're right by Louisville, Kentucky. And so we have this Hoosier, Indiana culture, but we also identify with Southern Kentucky. culture. So we say y'all, we drink sweet tea, you know, so we fancy ourselves a little Southern, but we're still kind of Northern Indiana. It's, It's a really cool mix right here by the Ohio River. This is sort of blowing my mind. So I'm from Texas. Okay. And so you were saying you're from Indiana. I'm like, she's not from Indiana. As you were talking, I was like, that's not that's not where she's from, obviously, because you I could totally tell you had the southern accent going and you were saying y'all. And so this is actually something I've never heard of. My family is from Chicago and I had family in Indiana. They did not talk like you. And so this is very um, eye-opening to the culture of the United States that there can be southern people in Indiana. So just thank you. We're, we're, we're yes. <laughs> treading new territory. We and, are here. We're mm-hmm. alive and we celebrate the Kentucky Derby culture. I mean, like it's a whole thing right here in the Ohio River Valley. And what is hilarious to me is that you can move around the country and you will then pick up after a while. You'll pick up that culture. You'll pick up that conversation. So you mentioned Chicago. I was born in Illinois. I grew up in Michigan and Ohio. I mean, and so to even sound a little mm. Southern and say y'all, it, it kind of blows my mind how that works. That is hilarious. Yeah. When we moved, when I, I lived in Chicago and I was little, we moved to South Texas. So if you picture Texas, the very bottom point is a city called Brownsville. That's where we moved to. And so we would like on Sundays cross the border and eat lunch in Mexico back when you could do that. And my, just my 
father is uh, white and I am Filipino. And so when we would come back across the border, the border agents would always stop my brother and I and my dad because it looked like he was kidnapping people. And oh, all no. we all we had to do was open our mouths because we had these Chicago accents and they were like, oh, yeah, obviously these children are not from this part of the country or this part of the world. <laughs> and they would let us come across. So the Chicago accent is real. I think it's cool that you've gotten the Southern accent now as well. So what yeah. is what is your morning routine look like there in the Ohio River Valley? Well, for our family, it's really a cool thing to say. Well, we don't walk, wake up and say, y'all. Like, we just don't do that. Hey, y'all, wake up. Like, we don't do that. But our family has been on this journey of stepping out of our comfort zone in the last four going on five years after I left my corporate job. Now, as a full-time author and a speaker, now every morning is different. My schedule is different, whether I'm traveling or I'm mom's on deadline. If I'm on deadline, the office door is closed and, you know, that, that book is getting penned. But I have these non-negotiables. I have three non-negotiables and not in any particular order, except I'm putting Jesus at the top because he's always at the top. <laughs> so so Jesus is right there. So always connecting with the Lord, whether that is I sit down and I'm reading my Bible, I'm verse mapping, I'm praying, I'm thinking about him, whatever that is, he is always first in my morning. And then family. And that family routine can be, do our kids have something big going on that day? Do they have a concern? You know, something's going on at school big test, whatever that is, it's time with family. I'm literally in the kitchen making peanut butter and jellies, you know, <laughs> like I'm whatever that looks like. And then coffee. Coffee is always a part of the morning. It's Amen. the funniest thing because yeah, yeah, right. Can we we can say y'all drink your coffee like what however you want to say it, coffee is part of that conversation. And our boys will say, Hey mom, what's your favorite food? Coffee. <laughs> Coffee's not a food. Coffee. Like I would rather drink coffee than eat food. <laughs> so those are my non-negotiables. Now, how the Lord brings those things to my heart and my mind and how I wake up and interact with those, it's always different. And I love verse mapping. I might not verse map every morning. I might pick up verse mapping at night before I go to bed or in the afternoon or just whatever my day looks like. Those non-negotiables are all, it's it's being intentional about practicing his presence. That's right. really important to me. Yes, absolutely. So how do you drink your coffee? We're just getting straight to the really core stuff here. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I hope I can identify with some of your listeners when I say I'm a total diva. I'm a total <laughs> diva coffee drinker. I have a favorite coffee shop in town and I walk in and they know my drink. You know, it's like that old TV show from the 80s, Cheers. Like they all know your name. Yes. They all know your drink. And uh, mine is a medium skinny black bear on the mean side. That's my drink. What does that mean? I need a translation. <laughs> okay. So, so this coffee shop is, is really an outdoorsy shop. So all the different drinks have like a cool outdoorsy kind of hiking, kayaking name. And the black bear is a peppermint mocha. And mm. on the mean side means half syrup, not as sweet. It's not sweet. It's a mean bear. So, <laughs> and skinny obviously is, uh, is the the, the light milk, you know, <laughs> the skim milk. I love it. So when you get up in the morning, you do you go to this coffee shop or is that kind of your special drink when you go out? Yeah, often. And, and it's the it's the funniest thing because our older boys, our two older boys, they remember mom in a suit, heels, going to the office, you know, skyscraper, corporate America, the whole thing. And our youngest, all of this transition for our family occurred right after he's born. So he's a baby. So all he's ever known is mom goes to work at a coffee shop. And he thinks when people go to work, everybody goes to work at a coffee <laughs> shop. <laughs> and I'm like, in a world that was perfect, I think that would probably be what it right. would look like for all of us. Right. <laughs> but I do go to the coffee shop often. It's it's the coolest place. It, 
the owners are Christians. And uh, actually, one of the owners, his name is Gary. He was a seminary professor. So literally, I can sit there at my table right under the hanging kayaks and be like, hey, Gary, I have a theology question, you know. And uh, so it's great, great vibe. We have locals who come in, you know, regulars. And it's almost like having an extra office, you know, like a work family that's right there. Like so. Yeah, like a co-working space or something. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so when you're home, do you recreate this drink yourself or do you do something different? <laughs> no, I, I don't think I could create it. Anything <laughs> close, anything. I, I'm embarrassed to say I have a cheapo, like $20 coffee pot in the kitchen. Send help. Someone yeah. send help. Like, I need it. <laughs> That's why I go to the coffee shop all the time. No, my coffee at home is just, it's embarrassing, but it gets me through. Right, yeah. No, I drink my coffee black, so I'm I'm pretty boring. So no 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 worries there. Um, oh, I don't see boring. I, I see strength in you. I do. Oh, thank <laughs> There's you. strength in that. <laughs> thank you. It's really just because I'd rather eat candy later. And so I'm like creamer or candy. And so I just go with the candy. Right. So um, although I did recently get some Magnolia pecan coffee. So we live in Waco, home of Fixer Upper and okay. Magnolia table. Have you have you heard of Fixer Upper? I'm not sure. I have, and I have a Magnolia table mug in my kitchen, and I drink my $20 coffee pot coffee in it, and it's magical. (laughs) So they have a pecan coffee that is phenomenal. So that's as fancy as I get, the flavor in the coffee. Um, Okay, so do you have a certain breakfast that you eat every morning, a certain song that you listen to? How do you just kind of get going for the day? Yeah, for me, I spend a lot of time listening to worship music on YouTube. So whether it's, you know, getting ready in the morning, getting the kids out the door, a lot of times I will just turn on YouTube on my phone and stick it in my pocket and just walk around the house and do what I need to do. And it's listening to Bethel worship. It is listening to Upper Room. I mean, it's any or Hillsong, any kind of really powerful, I am clinging to Jesus kind of worship music that starts my day. That gets me in this posture to hear from him, to focus on him and whatever the day is going to bring. Do you have a favorite song in particular? Oh my goodness. I'm going through so many right now. And this isn't even a worship song, but right now I am just broken in a good way over Lauren Daigle's You Say. Lauren Daigle anything, really? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Um, she, every time I hear that song, I'm just, I'm, I'm like shouting, yes, yes. You know, like, yes, this is, this is what God says about me. This is who he mm-hmm. says that we are. And I believe it. And I'm stepping into that today. Absolutely love it. If those of you listening have not heard Lauren Daigle and don't have that song, just fix that right now. You, you will <laughs> thank us for years to come, basically. Yes. Okay. So do you have a favorite planning tool? or workout thing, app, equipment, tip, anything like that. Because with Hello Mornings, we talk about God, plan, move. And we've yes. talked about God stuff. We've talked about coffee. It's kind of like the unspoken. Coffee is the unspoken element of our morning routine. Uh, so what about planning and health? Do you have any any tools or tips or things that you use in the morning for those areas? Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting dynamic to move from one kind of life journey, one story road, again, where I'm getting up and I'm going to the office every day, I'm driving across town to a skyscraper, and then all of a sudden, 
you're a full-time author and you are bottom in chair almost every day. Right. And I've, you know, I've noticed that I have to be also very intentional about my health, about the choices that I'm making because I'm not getting as much activity. So that means you have to step in and say, okay, when I go to Target, we're all going to Target, right? Like <laughs> when I go to Target, I'm parking at the back of the parking lot, ladies. So I can walk in and get a few steps, right? <laughs> Focus on my health. Or for me, it's really about diet. I've been gluten-free for a few years uh, due to a gluten allergy and then stepped into on the advice of my doctor and some friends who were doing the same thing for their health, stepping into a paleo diet. And I find that that really helps me when I'm not able to focus on physical activity or going to a gym or something like that. I can make the best, healthiest choices for me and for my family just in a day-to-day routine. So I never use the D word diet. Right. Nope. Never use that. It's just healthy lifestyle choices. Yeah. Just um, eating food spoon- that gives you energy. Yeah. And a spoonful yeah. of ice cream here or there. That's, that's cool. We can do that. But it's, it's really just focusing on what makes me feel the best. Mm-hmm. Where can I be the best that God has called me to be and have the most energy for my family and my friends and my community? Mm-hmm. I love that. So I have, I have one question I want to ask before we dive into verse mapping. And that's, so you mentioned you've made this transition about five years ago. So have you written all those books in that five-year period? Yes, actually. That's a lot of coffee. Uh, That's a lot of coffee. Well, and the funny thing is, there's a statistic, and you can Google this. I could be wrong, but I remember hearing this statistic that typically when a writer or an author receives their first contract, it's usually after they have written three full-length manuscripts. And I am super behind the curve because I was on my ninth full length manuscript that I had written. Now, some of them are, yeah, some of them are just, they're really bad. And and I've had people ask before, well, are you going to try to shop those around? No. Are you kidding? Like, no. The only person who's read those is my mama and she can't be bribed. She's not going (laughs) to tell you how bad those books are. And really, most of them are lost on floppy disks. If y'all don't know what a floppy disk is, Google that too. But (laughs) but those manuscripts are, you know, they're lost. And so, yeah, my debut novel, uh, The Butterfly and the Violin, that you you mentioned, I actually wrote that mostly on my iPhone while I was on maternity leave with our last son because it was the only time I had. Like wow. I'm, I'm a travel, yeah, I'm a traveling trainer in corporate America, and I knew at the point, you know, where I was speaking with my agent and we were being looked at at a couple publishers, and I said, okay, if we get a yes, awesome, I'm an author. And at the time, I was writing Regency era, so Jane Austen era work, and I said, awesome, I'm an author. But if not, I feel this call on my heart to write about the art of Auschwitz, the art of concentration camps. And so we talked about that and, and I said, okay, here's the plan. I'm going to take a a couple of days off. (laughs) I know this sounds crazy, but I'm going to take a couple of days off after our son is born. And then I'm going to start writing this novel. And, you know, I called my company and I said, you know, I'm going on maternity leave. Am I allowed to write? You know, because you're not supposed to have another job. And, and they Mm. said, well, are you, are you making any money? And, you know, after I stopped laughing, I was like, no, 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 I'm not making any money. And they said, well, it's a hobby. You can go right ahead, right to your heart's content. And so I did. And the book, because I had done all of the research when I was in college, I'm a former art student. And so I'd already done the research and God just did not allow that story to die on my heart. So it was more than a decade later, but it just poured out of my right thumb. Mm. onto that, onto that phone as I was feeding my son in the middle of the night. So it just, it just came out. And yeah, it was years after that, that it's been about a book every nine months. So I was wondering about that. So you actually typed it with your thumbs. You didn't have like a special keyboard or something. You literally wrote a novel with your thumbs. 
And I will tell you, I'm a little bit of a dinosaur. So when you were asking about super cool, hip apps that I might use, oh my goodness, I, I'm like, in my heart, I'm like crickets. I got nothing. <laughs> I got, like, like, oh, divert that question somewhere else because I am really kind of an old school kind of dinosaur gal. I have a, a paper calendar where I write everything down. I love to have a, a physical book in my hands. I love the smell of the book. And, you know, so I don't have all these apps. All I used was just the basic notes app that comes on your iPhone. And I would just write dialogue or write the scene, email it to myself, drop it in the manuscript, and then just go from there. And that was the only time I had. That was the methodology. You know, if I'm waiting in the airport for a plane or I'm in a conference room waiting for a meeting to start, I'm typing chapters on my phone. That's that's just the way it was. I love it because how many novels, how many great works that people have in their heads never make it to the light of day because, you know, they're too busy waiting for the perfect app or they're too busy trying to figure out a system. You just did it and got it done on your phone on maternity leave and you made it happen and you you wrote so many books. So another heart of Helen Mornings and really kind of the fundamental part of it is understanding God's purpose for us. So I'd love to hear a little bit about this journey that you've mentioned several times of going from corporate America to being a writer. What do you think God was doing? How did this transition take place? Yeah, I can go back to a moment. You know, I, I think that we have those those pockets in our lives where we can look back and clearly see that God was doing something. Maybe we just didn't know what at the time. In 2009, I was a corporate trainer, and I remember vividly sitting in my cubicle, and I had this lovely window that overlooked a busy Main Street downtown. And I was sitting there. I was talking to my husband on the phone on my lunch break, and I said, you know, I love what I do. I love writing. I love developing curriculum. I love traveling and teaching, but I would give anything if I could just do it for Jesus. And and we joke about this in our family, like that opened a door, it tugged on a rope in heaven, like something happened, something happened with our family. Because after that, God began to work on my heart and, and really wanted me to begin telling the stories that he wanted me to tell. I mean, I'm a technical writer, you know, I'm developing curriculum. It's not creative fiction writing at all. And in 2011, really God began to impress upon my heart to go for publication. Again, I know nothing about publishing. I know no one. I hopped on a plane and went to St. Louis to the American Christian Fiction Writers Conference and I even called my husband from the airport and I said, is this crazy? This feels crazy. <laughs> like, like, I'm not sure I should be doing this. And, and I walked in there and pitched my work to six agents and editors and we had six requests for my work. And about a month later, we had two agents offer to represent and you know, we prayed about it and stepped into this. And at this point in the story, I very often have people who will kind of pause, you know, kind of stop me right there and say, wow, look at all that God did. It got really easy after that, didn't it? Absolutely not. I had, I had, okay, so I hope everyone really hears this right now. I had two solid years of really good rejections. Like, man, I had some of the best rejections you can have. But here's the thing. I was not ready yet. God didn't have that story that he wanted me to write. I had so much learning to do. And I'm still learning, still learning the craft, still learning the call. But there was this persistent, and I call it a flicker of a flame on my heart that would just not go away. It would not die down that God was calling me to step out and to follow him and to be a communicator. And it started in fiction. And I'm open with the fact that I thought 
that the dream was, oh, I'm going to be an author one day. Like you, you ever hear people talk about the lottery dream? Oh, mm-hmm. if I won the lottery, I would do this. Yes. That was, that was my lottery dream. My lottery dream was, oh, other people get to do that. Other people get to step out and be an author. But it was never, never, and I'm just learning this. It was never about being an author. It was everything about chasing Jesus. Mm-hmm. It was everything about him. And I'm just, you know, after five years on this journey, we're, we're learning this. Our family is learning this all together that it was, yes, like the route, the story road that God took me on was being an author, but it was never about being an author. It was always about Jesus and finding him and a deeper walk with him. Was that a scary process to make the transition and say, hey, I'm going to leave my Fortune 100 job and (laughs) I am going to be artistic for a living? It really was because 15 years at a great company that I loved, project work that I enjoyed, comfortable salary, you know, consistent work and salary, work family whom I still adore. And I'm sitting in a meeting. I remember this too. This was a Friday afternoon. I'm sitting in a meeting with a leader I greatly respected. We had a huge project. We're getting ready to push it out to 55,000 associates across the organization. And all we needed was an okay. And here we go. And the meeting kind of took a turn out of left field for me. And I'm not even praying. I'm not even thinking about the Lord. I'm looking at my leader and all of a sudden, Holy Spirit just whispers to my heart, your time at this company is done. And I I was so terrified. I thought I was going to get fired right there. And I remember I walked out of that meeting and I just, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And it took another year to actually walk, but he began this persistent push, nudge, whatever you want to call it, telling my husband and I to be brave and to step out and to cash out your 401k and like literally like just step out and say, God, we trust you with everything. We surrender everything to you when we had never done that before. And this is really the first year for me that my husband and I feel comfortable talking about how difficult that journey was. So I really hope I can impress upon your listeners that when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, yes, do it. But I I want us to be real and understand that the big step was not that first step out. It was not going into the office and giving my two-week notice. The huge steps were in the day by day by day, trusting and walking with Jesus. Because we got down to it almost lost our house a couple times, had to go to court, you know, electricity getting shut off, you know, like we're, we're really surrendering everything. Our entire family was on this journey. And so I really just want to encourage your listeners that God is faithful. You can trust him. And if he's asking you to do something really big, whatever that flame is on your heart, Kat, I really hope that your listeners, if they have a flame, respond. Whatever that is, align it with scripture, find great mentors in your life who will speak truth and and will really help you, disciple you, but also respond. Respond when God is moving on your heart. I can't say that enough. It's really important that we do that. How has has this transition impacted your walk with the Lord and your relationship with your husband? Huge everything. Uh, I was always close to my husband. He's my best friend. You know, we were always close before, but this process, this last five years has brought our family together in ways we never would have imagined. And it sounds silly to say it like this, but we are so grateful for the struggle. We are so grateful. And and I didn't even mention this, but it, it is part of my story. It's out there that on the day that we finally got a yes, for publishing, you know, we found out our whole family at this point is bought in. My whole family is excited. We got a yes, we're going to be an author. An hour later, I got a call from my dad and he said, this could be bad. I may have leukemia. 
And so the book we talked about, the book that I wrote on my iPhone, The Butterfly and the Violin, that book was edited largely at the local cancer center as my dad underwent chemo. And and I love that you said that your family is just so gifted musically. I am not. <laughs> I am not. I am not at all. But my dad was. My dad played the guitar and the banjo and the dulcimer. And he played music for the other patients at the cancer center. So I have no, notes, mm. music notes going in my ear and, and, and words coming out of my fingertips as I'm sitting in there in the chemo room and I'm typing. And so, so this journey, all of these different things that God has used to continually draw us back to him, continually draw us into his presence. And one of the first things I did after I left corporate America is contacted church and joined a women's Bible study and changed my life, fell in love with the word of God, fell in love with scripture through, for me, what worked was verse mapping, never really understood it before, needed it, needed it in the chemo room, needed it at a graveside, needed it when things got really sketchy and we're valley walking, it's really, really tough, but I wanted to need the word of God like my oxygen. You know, I, it, there's a difference. I wanted to need it like I, I wanted to dive into the Word of God, and I'd never done that before. So the last five years, all those changes that you asked about, all of those changes centered on it getting in the Word of God and spending time with the Holy Spirit as my guide and my daily guide. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about verse mapping, because I honestly had never heard of it before I heard of you. So I'm sure there's other people out there like that grew up in the church, grew up, you know, I, I live in the Bible study world. So... Tell me, tell us a little bit about it. Take us into kind of just the overview of what it is, and then uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, verse mapping came for me out of one of those first Bible studies. So this is 2014, 2015, and I'm attending Bible studies, and, and a couple of things were really apparent to me. Firstly, and, and I call this kind of my sleepwalking time, 15 years in corporate America. Kat, I loved Jesus. I did. I had my Bible on my desk. It was before a podcast, but I listened to preaching on the radio. You know, I had Jesus Calling book on my desk, all those things. Loved Jesus, but I was embarrassed by the time I got to Bible study because I felt like I didn't understand it. And I had this preconceived notion that I'm walking into a table group of loving women and they all knew everything I didn't. I don't know if anybody else can identify with that, but I really felt that way. And I had a friend at the time, she worked in corporate America with me and we were both corporate trainers and design curriculum. So we kind of have this structure way that we we look at content and writing material. And, and so we knew if the Bible is our guidebook for living, like they're every, this is our field manual, right? For living. It's our companion. Everything is in it. I knew there had to be some structure, some teaching structure behind it. And so really tried to look at the Bible and Bible verses. And when I'm opening it up, if I don't understand it, you said that one of my favorite words at the beginning of this podcast, researcher become a researcher. That's what verse mapping does. It retrains our mind when we open scripture and we read it to think like a researcher. And it's really just taking a verse, writing it down, you know, prayer, time with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Spirit, he's, he's your guide. He's your guide. This is the first time I had Bible study where I'm taking my hands off the wheel and saying, okay, Lord, you, you're my guide in this. You're going to tell me what I'm going to learn, what, how I'm going to hear from you. And so first step is you write that verse down, then you're writing it down in multiple translations, usually four to five. You're finding phrases that stick out, something you don't understand, whatever those trends are. And then in those phrases or those key words that you're really trying to hear from God, you look those up either in the Hebrew for the Old Testament or the Greek and the New Testament to so really get a context for what the verse is saying. 
And then you look at that verse like a storyteller. This is my favorite part where you look at what is happening on stage. So what's happening right there in that verse and then off stage, so to speak, what's happening in the chapters before, the books before, the verses before. And it's really where you put on that Sherlock Holmes hat and you you go and you start to do research. If there's a city in a verse, you don't understand it or you don't know where it is, pause and go look that up on a map, a first century map. If you need to understand what the early church was like in the book of Acts, go and do some research. I can't tell you, Kat, how many history books and, you know, archaeology or, you know, anthropology or art history. I have this huge library that I had from my art days, and now I'm using it to do research in the Bible. It is the coolest thing. And then the last step, and again, I'm just kind of taking you through these steps very quickly. The last step is the outcome. And that's literally where you have a post-it note, and you should be able to sum up one to two lines of what God has taught you and how it applies to your life today. That's where you're talking about the move. That's the move. So the God plan move is the move is the outcome. That's where it becomes real. So write your verse down, multiple translations, dig into the context of the Hebrew or the Greek. What's the story? That's the actions of the verse. And then the outcome. Those are the five steps. Super simple. Okay. I love that. And I I see, I see two sticking points that I'd love to talk through because I know that there's going to be people listening who are like, that sounds really interesting, but I I think there's two places where where they'll, they'll get stuck. And so I want to talk through those two areas. And the first one is just the very beginning, selecting a verse. How often do we get stuck? Just, I don't know what, where, where do I start in the Bible? So walk us through that process of deciding where to start and how many verses to pick. Yes. Uh, okay. So I love that question because that's where I got stuck. Really, truly, that's where I would get stuck. And so you can do it a number of different ways. If you feel comfort having a little bit more structure, you may want to try verse mapping in a small group. And you may say, okay, we want to start with the gospel of Luke. And we we want to have some structure behind. We're going to go chapter by chapter and we're going to dive in or I started with the book of Acts. And for me, that was instruction from the Holy Spirit. Start in the book of Acts and you keep going until I tell you to stop. I was so interested in the early church because really when I got to that Bible study, I'd been a Christian since I was 16 years old, but guess what? Sleepwalking. I was not owning my faith in Christ. And I wanted to start where there was the early church, where these men and women owned their faith in Jesus Christ. That for me was that sticking point where I wanted to start. So you can have either an individual or a small group and say, I'm not really sure where to start with my verse. Maybe I'll go through an entire book of the Bible. Or this is something that has come up for me time and time again. If I'm struggling with something in my life at present, faith issue. Uh, Maybe I'm struggling in a relationship. Maybe I need to understand grace. One of the things that I'm doing right now is I felt the need to understand grace at a deeper level. So I opened my concordance. I looked up every verse in the New Testament that mentions grace, and I'm going through and I'm mapping all those verses Mm -hmm. for me. I'm calling it the grace files. I'm going through and I'm jotting down all these verses and verse mapping through that. So that may really help your listeners to understand at the very beginning, where do I start? And again, it's however you connect with the Holy Spirit. This is absolutely critical. You have to have prayer time. I love that you asked, well, how do you kind of start your day with the Lord? Is it worship music? Is it prayer time? You know, what does that look like? That is exactly the space that you want to be in to lead into verse mapping with the Holy Spirit. So whether it's prayer, whether it's worship music, whatever that looks like, quiet time, speak still in his presence with your coffee and saying y'all, you know, <laughs> like, like whatever that looks like for you, just get in his presence. It's about time with him. It's not about quantity. It's about the quality right. of time. 
So good. And I would even challenge everybody listening that if you are interested in verse mapping and you don't know where to start, start with Luke. Unless, yeah. And I'm just and not necessarily because I have any great reason, well, other than the fact that Christy has a, a new study out based on the book of Luke. So you have a great resource for it. But, you know, sometimes it's so hard when we have all these ideas. I'm like, well, I could start here. Or I could start there. If I I find it helpful if somebody sometimes just tells me. So I am telling you that if this is something that you're interested in, you feel God calling you to it. And and especially if you're not currently in the Word, this is such a great place to start. Just start with Luke unless God is calling you to start somewhere else. So just feel like that decision is settled and you can get started right away. Just start start there. Just a, just a challenge to you. Um, okay, so knowing where to start is a sticking point. I feel like the other sticking point is, well, first, actually, first, I just want to touch on the next step, which would be to write the verses. I love that idea. I think there's something so powerful about tangibly doing something during our Bible study time instead of just kind of reading and letting the words float through our head, but incorporating that process of actually writing it down and in different translations. I love, I really love that aspect of it. I think that can also kind of help wake us up if it's first thing in the morning. Um, looking up those verses, maybe even using actual paper Bibles, whatever. Uh, and I do. <laughs> writing those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love paper Bibles, actually. I, I love just having them all marked up and having things underlined and highlighted. Um, okay. So the second sticking point is research. I love research, but where do I, where do I start? Where do I find stuff? Um, if I don't have books, where do I go online to do some of the research on the places and the, the themes that I find in scripture? Two things I would say to that. Firstly is harness your curiosity. If there is a question that is probably the perfect rabbit trail for you to go down, <laughs> if there is something that you don't understand, I, I remember very early in, in my process of verse mapping, I was in Acts and it's talked about Solomon's portico. And I just stopped and I said, what is Solomon's portico? I don't even know what that is. And for me, I mean, like a little light starts blinking, ding, ding, ding. That's where you need to go. And so I start researching, okay, what is Solomon's portico? And it just takes me down this huge, awesome research journey of the Jerusalem temple, like all these things that I didn't know. And again, it's probably something that I should have known and maybe was a little embarrassed to tell people, look, I don't know what that is, or I don't know what that means. Or for someone who's a brand new Christian to have some of the the language that we as Christians, like we may use, truly, someone may not know what baptism is. They may not. They may see it in Luke and say, "What? okay, what is baptism? It's okay. Just be authentic. So that's, that's what I would say first. Harness your curiosity. If you don't understand something, there are reputable sources that you can go to. Okay. So go to commentary that you can trust. And I love to go to like Bible gateway, faith gateway. You know, I know those are resources that I can trust. And so I will go there. The second thing that I would love to encourage your listeners to do, and this really helped me is to don't be afraid to start small. Really don't be afraid to start small. I can go back to my first journals and and look at the first pages of my verse mapping. There's a ton of blank space on the page. I'm just figuring this thing out. Again, it's not about how long you verse map because I've had people say, well, look, I'm a busy mom or, you know, or I'm in school or I'm traveling or just whatever that looks like. I don't have time to sit and verse map. Well, one thing that I would challenge us all to say is you can give whatever time you can give to Jesus right now. If it's five minutes today 
or an hour tomorrow, whatever that looks like, dedicate that time to him. And I promise you that five minutes that you're able to, to dedicate to him, it will turn into 10 and then it will turn into an hour. And then you'll be like me right before service on Easter and you're late to church because I was verse mapping for three hours and didn't have time to dry my hair. I mean, like that kind of thing is going to happen. You're going to fall in love with the word of God and you're going to be amazed that you finally understand it. So what sort of things do people need to get started? Okay. And I, I love this question so much, Kat, because I will tell you, you probably already have everything you need in your super cute handbag or right now in your home office. It is, it is so easy because I really don't like a lot of rules. You know, I just, I don't like to be tied down. I, I'm kind of one of those creative thinkers. And so I don't like a lot of rules and I didn't want rules for myself in my time with the Holy Spirit. So the only rule that we have for verse mapping in order to get started is everything is backed up by scripture. If God said it first, then I can write it down. And so that for me, making everything tie back to scripture was very helpful. And then the tools to get started, it is as simple as you grab a Bible, whether that's a, an iPhone or you know cell phone in your pocket or those paper books that we love, <laughs> you and I, Kat, whether it's grabbing your Bible, you find a journal, grab some markers. I'm, again, I'm an art student, so I'm very visual. So if you go to Google or you want to go to uh, versemapping.com and kind of see an example of what verse mapping looks like in real life, my journals are very colorful, but you don't have to use certain colors. You don't have to use a highlighter. If you have a pencil or you have a pen and a cocktail napkin at a restaurant and you have your Bible app on your phone, girls, you are good to go. You can go ahead and start verse mapping. That's that's really all you need. So do you have any favorite pens though for people who, who are into office supplies? Okay. There's a reason why on every single social media platform I am on, I follow Sharpie. (laughs) <laughs> I, love, I love Sharpie. Uh, it's it's a Christmas gift that my family gets me every year. Those, you know, those giant, amazing rainbow packs of Sharpie markers. So I love Sharpie markers. But again, just my personality. And again, I will tell you that as you begin to go through this process, yeah, you can choose your favorite markers. You can make it almost like art, you know, Bible journaling if you want, but it's all about that time with the Lord. It's all about digging into scripture. And there are sometimes we may be traveling. We were at an airport once and my husband and sons were watching football and I was reading the word of God in the airport. And there was something I didn't understand. And I went to Google it and research it. And then it hit me like, wow, I don't even have a journal in my hand. I don't have any Sharpies. I'm just sitting here in the airport and I'm verse mapping in my head. Because my mind is retrained now to read scripture like a researcher. Mm, so good. So good. I, I love how your story takes, you, you're, you're following Jesus. He takes you way out of your comfort zone and then brings you to him, closer to him in the whole process, studying scripture and leading people into scripture. And, and I feel like that it's when we step out of our comfort zone that um that's kind of where Jesus is. He is the great comforter. And so we don't need our comfort zone. We maybe just need him. And I love kind of how your story portrays that, that you had this nice, cush, comfy job, you know, your future probably all squared away. And he led you on this journey and he's taking you deeper and deeper into him. And now you're helping other people meet him in that same way. Christy, where can people find the new study and all of your books online? 
We make it really easy, christycambrin.com. Or for those of you who really want to find a community, you're not sure about this verse mapping thing. It's very visual. So you're probably thinking, I want to see what that looks like. Just go to versemapping.com. You can join the community there. You can find me in our verse mapping community group on Facebook. And I'm chatting live with y'all and we're sharing our maps. But we wanted to make it really easy. So just go to versemapping.com and everything you need is right there. Okay. And if they want to look you up, can you spell your name for us in case they're on the treadmill right now or doing dishes? They have in their head how to spell your name. Right. I sure can. If you can get past the Southern twang in my voice, (laughs) it is Christy Cambron, K-R-I-S-T-Y-C-A-M-B-R-O-N.com. And you'll find me there. Awesome. And then you're on social media, Instagram, you mentioned... I am. I will tell you that I love all the social media platforms. I I love the Facebook groups that I can be in, but especially you're going to find me hanging out on Instagram. That's probably my favorite spot to be. Excellent. Christy, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. You have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed our chat today with Christy. And I want to thank our podcast producer, Sarah Jane, and our editor, Chris Mann, from podshaper.com for making this show and all of our episodes happen. Now, if you need more resources for your morning, be sure to check out the Hello Mornings book. You can download the first chapter for free at hellomornings.org forward slash book. And if you want links to anything that we mentioned in the show today, be sure to check out the show notes for this episode over at hellomornings.org. Just click on the link for today's show right there on the homepage. Now, my name is Kat Lee, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. And I will see you next time on the next episode of the Hello Mornings podcast. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. Bow before the throne of a noble king And in this place my heart begins to sing It's gonna be a good day A good day filled with his grace His grace and sweet new mercy May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in This song is called God Day by Jen Stanbro. You can get your copy at iTunes, Amazon, or jenstanbro.com.